Good morning. morning. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care here at Naples United Church of Christ. And we are thrilled to have you worshiping with us this morning. If you're with us here in person or joining remotely, welcome. It is such a privilege to have you spending your Sunday morning with us. I want to extend a special welcome to our folks who are worshiping with us from Arbor Trace. We are so glad to have you. And I want to quickly ask you to register your attendance. Let's get this housekeeping out of the way. So if you're here in the sanctuary, if you could grab those blue attendance pads, take a moment to fill it out and pass it to your neighbor, that would be great. And, you know, maybe give them a smile or a wave as you pass it down. And if you're worshiping with us online, you can go ahead and write your name in the comments section. Tell us where you're worshiping from this morning And while you're there, you can click on a link which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin if you'd like to follow along. So I am very flattered that you all came to worship to hear me today. (laughs) But you may have heard that we have a special guest with us. It is my privilege to introduce to you Reverend Dr. Mark Williams. After a long search done by the search committee from coast to coast, north to south, all over the United States, beyond the United Church of Christ, they posted ads in the Christian century and looked far and wide and got a pool of incredible candidates um, through a very intentional and methodical discernment process discerned that Mark was the candidate that God had called to lead us in this next season of the life of our church. We offer our thanks and gratitude to Ann Olson, the chair of that search committee, and her whole team. Um, And he was also unanimously recommended by the executive committee as well. So we are thrilled to have Mark with us this morning. A few logistical pieces regarding how the congregational meeting is going to go. After the 11 a.m. service, uh, you're going to come back into the sanctuary, and at that point, you will check in if you're a member or an associate member, and you will get your voting card. I'm sorry to tell you, you can't get that ahead of time. So you can't get your card now and vote and then just leave. You have to please, please, please come back approximately three hours from now at noon. So, you know, after this worship service, go have a bite to eat or something and come back at noon so that you can vote. If you're not able to come back in person, you can join us remotely. You should have received in your email a link, which is a Zoom webinar. Just click on that link to join the meeting remotely, and you can vote right there in the Zoom webinar. We're making it really easy for you. So that will happen, again, about 12, 12, 15 today. Um, I do have a few announcements to bring to your attention, things going on this week. The first is this Tuesday, this Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock, the Environment Subcommittee is sponsoring the documentary screening of the film Plastic Wars. This kind of ties in with our Lenten fast, fasting from single-use plastics. So please join us for this uh, screening of this really powerful movie. It's at 4 o'clock in Nelson 207. That evening at 7 p.m. is Tuesdays at Twilight. Is that our, Decky, is that our last Tuesdays at Twilight? That's our last Tuesdays at Twilight of the season, so you don't want to miss it. Um, we will have our own Dr. Alexandra Carlson and with Daniela Shritreva, I hope I said that right, on violin. So join us Tuesday at 7 for Tuesdays at Twilight. 
Thursday at 1 o'clock, many of you came to our mental health dinner a few weeks ago where we welcomed Sarah Lund and she talked to us about the youth mental health crisis and you expressed interest in our Wise for Mental Health ministry. Well, now is your chance to get involved. On Thursday at 1 o'clock, we are having our next meeting of the Wise for Mental Health Task Force and we'll be planning our programming for next year. So if that's something that interests you, it's an open meeting, please come. And then last but not least, our next prospective member luncheon is next Sunday after church. So if you've been coming for a while and you're maybe interested in joining the church or learning more about it, uh, David and I, David's our current interim senior minister, he and I will be at that luncheon next Sunday right after church. And so you can learn more about what membership means and you can sign up for that lunch in the gathering place with Chelsea after worship. So those are my few announcements, but I know we're eager to get to worship, especially so we can hear Mark preach. So now let us center our hearts and minds for the worship of God. Friends, Easter is not over. Easter isn't just a day. It's not even just a season. Easter is the reason for our whole faith, for we are Easter people every day of the year because we believe every day that love conquers all. Come, let us worship the God who has plans for us, plans for our welfare and a future filled with hope. Come, let us worship God. Please be seated. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. Holy and gracious God, we are an Easter people And a tenant of our faith is the sure and certain knowledge that your love has the last word. In that spirit, we gather this morning looking towards a future filled with hope. Open our eyes to recognize your presence here among us. Open our minds to the truth that you would reveal to us. Open our hearts to the love that you have for us. In the name of the risen Christ, amen. Good morning. morning. Will you connect your hearts with mine in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all that you have orchestrated to make today possible. Alive in your Holy Spirit, You, O God, have guided, you have brought wisdom, nudged hearts, opened doors, and yes, you have called. Not just a minister, O God, but an entire church. For your being alive in the past, I am personally grateful and we are personally grateful For your being alive in our lives now, we are grateful. And for the plans that you have for our future and for the future of Naples United Church of Christ, oh God, we give thanks. God, you call us by name. You know each one before me. You know the concerns, fears, burdens, and hurts of our lives. 
Through the power of your Holy Spirit, draw yourself near to each one. And may all in this place know that they are loved by you and never alone. God of this church family, we thank you for those who share our lives today and for those who share our pews, for the friendships that exist in this place, for the love and help of those who walk our spiritual journey with us. We give you thanks, for in them we see your love, the love that is Christ, evidenced. And God of the world, we thank you too for being alive beyond these walls. We ask that you would bless the efforts of all who serve. Give us the courage as your people to seek fairness, to always include, and to love as you have loved us. God, in faith, we ask that you would give us the strength to bring peace to wherever there is chaos, to bring hope to wherever in our lives there may be despair, to bring comfort wherever there are tears, to bring companionship where there is loneliness, and to bring light where there is darkness. Call each one of us, O God, to bring forth more of your kingdom of heaven to this earth. We believe that we can do this and more, not through our own power, but through yours. This prayer we pray in and through the Spirit of Christ Jesus, the one who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Hear these words. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future filled with hope. May God bless our modern hearing of these sacred words.
before offering a message, a word of gratitude to the entire congregation for the very warm reception that my wife Emily and I received yesterday. I had the opportunity to meet so many of you, and I also had the opportunity to meet many of you online yesterday afternoon. And for uh, your friendship and your openness of spirit for a new minister, I am grateful, and I know I speak on behalf of my wife, Emily, as well. Personally, a big thank you to Ann Olson and to her search committee for all of the efforts that they made during this discernment process. A big thank you to the executive committee and your moderator, uh, Ronnie Ballone, for the help that she has been to me. She has gone above and beyond in recent weeks to be sure that uh, I have been comfortable and embraced. And a big thank you as well to the staff here at Naples uh, United Church of Christ, and especially to my colleagues, uh, David Greenhall and Angela Wells-Bean, for all of the ways that you all have supported me, encouraged me, and affirmed me. Thank you. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mouth And the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. Former dean of Duke Divinity School, Greg Jones, once advised that if you ever have to introduce yourself to a new congregation, and both congregation and minister are a little bit anxious, just share with them this story. Story about an Episcopal priest who arrived at a church, and it was in a rural country town, and the church, in wanting to get to know the priest a little bit, uh, posted in their fellowship hall an opportunity for congregants to sign up and to have him over for dinner so that they could get to know him. Well, in his first month of ministry, the priest drove to a home of one of his parishioners uh, for dinner, and he rang the doorbell at the home, and as he waited for the door to open, the priest adjusted his fresh new white clerical collar. Suddenly, the door swung open, and a four-year-old girl glared up at him. The priest began to just start staring at the girl, and the girl started to stare at the priest awkwardly, and the priest didn't know whether he should come inside or not, as the girl's eyes were just great big. Well, finally, the girl broke the silence. She turned toward the kitchen where her parents were cooking dinner, and she screamed, Mommy, Daddy, God's here. No, I am not God. In fact, in my own discernment of this call, part of what became so obvious to me right away is that God has been at work at this church long before I ever arrived at the church. 
In fact, I can recall a few weeks ago watching video footage of your 50th anniversary worship service, and in watching that video service, the evidence of God's work here was truly extraordinary, evidence of God's hand and mission, evidence of God opening up doors to new ideas and new possibilities over the decades, evidence of God growing God's people for decades. And as I watched that video footage, I was truly in awe of the ways in which God has moved in and through this church for 50 years. In fact, as I reached to close the top of my laptop computer in my living room, I heard a voice. The voice nagged at me. Mark, Mark, Do you truly believe that this church with its glorious past, do you believe that future years can even rival what has already happened? I think any minister in my shoes would be asking that question, not just because of this church's glorious past, but also because of this wilderness time that we are all in when it comes to being and doing the church We're coming off of a pandemic. We live in a world where people's habits and practices have changed. We live in a world where it is not easy to love one another as God loves us. Simply put, we live in a world where it is not easy to be and do the church. And that twofold reality of this church has got a glorious past and we are living in a wilderness time now really nagged at me. Mark, Mark, do you truly believe that there is something more yet to come? In my ministry over the years, one of the ways that I've encouraged parishioners to reflect on their lives theologically is to ask the question, where do you find yourself living out your own personal story within the story of God? And I got to tell you that that nagging voice that I heard, I think it was precisely the voice of the false prophets centuries ago in the days of Jeremiah. Let me explain. A few moments ago, Pastor Angela read for us a scripture that is most hopeful, It is a scripture that's appropriate for any context, a hallmark favorite to be sure, appropriate for weddings and graduations and baptisms, but it is especially splendid in its historical context. You see, once upon a time, God's people had lived in Judah for centuries and had appreciated God's presence with them, and they had been exiled and were now living in Babylon out in the wilderness, and there were some false prophets who were trying to convince God's people that there was no future for them. You have had a glorious past with God in Judah And now you are living in the wilderness in Babylon. There is no future for you. And it was in response to that pessimistic voice, that nagging voice of the false prophets, that Jeremiah spoke those words. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope. And a future. I am here before you today 
because with a Jeremiah-sized strength not of my own, I believe the same. I spoke to that voice that nagged at me, yes. I believe that some of the best of what God will bestow upon Naples United Church of Christ is indeed yet to come. For that is a theological principle that undergirds who I am as a person of faith. When I endure personal challenges, I remember that with God, there has to be something yet to come. When I endure challenges in the life of the church, I believe that with God, there has to be something better yet to come. When I deal with a world that is so deeply problematic, I do so with the spirit of believing in a God who says there has to be something more yet to come. And this Easter season, even in the face of death itself, I believe that there has to be something more yet to come. Therein lies the promise of what we are doing today in our UCC tradition. A minister in faith and a congregation in faith meeting up in a scary, fragile, though exciting territory known as yet to come. No, I do not have a specific plan to explain to you today as to what I will bring to Naples United Church of Christ. To offer up an explanation, quite frankly, would be rather wise, unwise in this moment. Instead, my plan, if you call me to be your next senior minister, would be to listen to each one of you to your hopes and dreams for this church, to learn where God is at work in this church and in this church's ministries, and to love you as God loves me. No, I do not have an explanation, but what I do have, I perceive, is something that's even better, a conviction. For I believe that some of the best years here may yet still be to come. In my introductory letter to all of you, I shared that one of my hobbies and pastimes and sports that I like to follow is baseball. And I recall some years ago reading an article about Branch Rickey. You'll remember that Branch Rickey was the baseball executive that was largely credited for helping Major League Baseball uh, deal with some of its racial problems and breaking uh, a barrier for baseball that was very important. Uh, Rickey, uh, for the Brooklyn Dodgers, signed the star African-American uh, third baseman Jackie Robinson. And toward the end of Rickey's life, a sports reporter asked him a question said, Branch, as you look back over your storied career, and as you look back over your life, what has been your greatest thrill? And Ricky, who was 90 years old, remarked, my greatest thrill? It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yet to come. 
I'll close with a favorite story of mine when it comes to claiming the blessings that God has bestowed upon us that are off in the future. It's a story that the great uh, Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard once told. Story of a young boy who over in Europe was growing up on a farm, and he had heard from his friends that the circus was coming to town. And so he really wanted to go see the circus. So he begged his parents to give him some money to go see the circus. And his parents said, as long as you get all of your chores done around the farm, we'll give you some money and you can go see the circus. And so parents gave the boy some money and boy went off into town to see the circus. Well, the circus in those days didn't advertise itself on a billboard like it does today, you know, up in Estero at Hertz Arena but instead would advertise itself by marching into the place where it would set up its tents. And it would generate some enthusiasm for people to want to go to the circus. And so uh, the boy was watching the circus performers all march in, and you would get to see a little bit of what the circus would entail, but not the whole thing. And so, for example, you would see a couple of elephants Maybe a few acrobats, they wouldn't be doing any tricks. Um, maybe, maybe a lion or, or, or a tiger, and, and maybe a clown or two. And the boy was watching all of this, and he was absolutely enamored by what he saw. The boy, so impressed, reached into his pocket, took all of the money that his parents gave him to see the circus, and gave it to one of the clowns, thinking, of course, that he had seen the circus. And Kierkegaard's spiritual wisdom in telling that story, that parable, was simply this. Don't ever let some clown rip your faith off by telling you that you have seen all of the blessings God has in store for you in your lifetime. Don't, let ever some, don't ever let some clown tell you that the best of what God has in store for you or for your church has already come and gone. For what if? What if the best and part of what might be some of God's greatest blessings, what if they are yet to come? For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, what if, what if some of the greatest thrills God is narrating in the story that is Naples United Church of Christ, what if some of those greatest thrills what if they haven't happened yet? Generous God, we thank you for all the blessings in our lives. And we thank you for the opportunity to return to you a portion of all that we have been blessed with. It takes all of us for a church to thrive. We thank you for those who generously give. And we offer our thanks and gratitude for those whose lives will be changed because of the ministries of this church. Amen. <laughs>